Welcome to the institution, public education about education for families, educators, and even students of all ages. Today's section is originally posted on Monday, July 8, 2019. It's all about teachers and summer vacation today, Now I'd recommend it to parents, guardians, and prospective teachers. In the last section, we looked at what students could be doing during summer to retain their learning from the school year, summer slide. Teachers can also be active. We generally aren't sitting around at home watching Netflix every day, just some days. The life of a teacher differs a lot from those in other fields. And summer vacation comes up often when I'm talking to others, when comparing our careers. On the surface, it sounds really great to people in other industries to have two set guaranteed months to do whatever you want. Other industries might just go with having you accumulate vacation days if you want to take an extended vacation. But you otherwise only get the federal holidays that everyone else gets off, like Labor Day. Maybe you get a week off in the winter around New Year's and Christmas. Or maybe your industry gives you unlimited paid time off, but then it's awkward to actually take time off because you need to get it signed off on and no one else really takes it. You'll look bad if you take time off. So having two guaranteed months off every year is nice. But the catch for summers for teachers is that we don't actually get paid over summer. It's not paid time off. If you want to get, quote, paid, unquote, teachers just have the district hold on to a piece of their salary each month, and then they pay it out over the two months of summer when they normally wouldn't be getting a paycheck. For example, if a teacher gets 60000 before taxes normally, um, they could split it into 5000 a month if they want to get a paycheck over summer. Or it could just be paid out normally over the actual school's um, calendar, um, 10 months, so 6000 a month. We might split it for the entire school year of 12 months, I mean the entire n- normal year of 12 months, um, so that budgeting is a bit easier, so that we get a paycheck each month. But I've always opted to get my money um, during the school year, so as soon as possible, so that I can invest it or at least put it into a bank account and get some interest instead of just letting the school district hold on to it. In summer, it's more like teachers are unemployed rather than being on vacation. For newer teachers in some districts, they're literally sometimes unemployed because they don't have tenure. Uh, Tenure is basically when you've been working in a school for two, three plus years and they decided that they like you and they're trying to keep you long term. So these new teachers, they get a pink slip at the end of each year and then they get rehired in a couple months when the school year ends. This is particularly rough not only because the school district might suddenly choose not to rehire a new teacher because of budget issues or really any other reason because a non-tenured teacher, they're under no contractual agreement or anything to rehire a teacher even if the principal said like oh yeah we're definitely going to get you back Um, but being a new teacher um, to a district you basically don't get health insurance over the summer and if you want it if you're afraid that you'll get hurt or maybe you have regular health issues that you need to attend to Um, then you'll have to pay for COBRA or figure something else out. Um, Not getting rehired, though, isn't widespread and frequent, but it's certainly an issue for some teachers in some districts. Teachers are generally well-known for being underpaid, but there's also the thought that at least teachers get job stability and that they get pretty good benefits. That's not always true at all. 
but we'll save those topics for another time. So anyway, some teachers are worrying about their jobs over the summer. What else are we doing? Don't teachers just work over the summer? You may have heard the occasional story of people seeing their teacher as a barista or a summer tutor. Yeah, teachers often work and the best paying accessible options are education related. Every spring, districts will usually put out a call to teachers in some sort of like email listing for us to sign up to run summer school in the district. Summer camps might also take us up on teaching classes if we look for them, if we try to apply outside the district um, to a private or even a nonprofit program. Um, there might be some kids whose families want a summer tutor, especially at the high school level, like SAT tutoring, um, or maybe the kid, the high school kid, didn't do super well in a course, and then they want some remedial help. I used to think that it was pretty great that as a teacher I could just work more during the summer to supplement my salary, but I've ended up wanting to take a break instead of teaching for another couple of months by the end of each school year. Um, one more thing that happens to some of us teachers over summer is the occasional dream of being back in the classroom teaching or doing something. And during the actual school year, when we have those dreams or sometimes really nightmares of something school or student related, it's pretty tiring. Like you just can't get away from your job. And at least for me, um, I've really hated having any school related dreams. And over summer is my time to sort of let it go and get away from it. So taking a break from the all-consuming job of being a teacher is really a sentiment that I've heard and felt shared by many teachers. So some of us end up doing odd jobs like driving new Uber, being a nanny, whatever temporary summer gigs that come up. So that barista story. Um, businesses and companies, they don't tend to want to take on somebody for just two months, although I'm not exactly sure what other teachers would be qualified to do in like a business or a big company. In the end, I haven't seen many teachers actually work a full-time job over the summer or even a part-time gig, although I often hear stories of it. The school year locks in teachers, so many use summer in other ways than continuing to work. As far as my knowledge goes, teachers don't get vacation days to use as we like. And as all teachers know, days off are not truly a day off because we need to create sub plans and do all the prep work that goes along with having a substitute teacher in the classroom. Essentially, we're just putting in work ahead of time so that we can step out of the classroom for whatever else we need to do. The students learning also falls behind schedule since we can't really task subs to teach students new material or manage them for activities. It can be legitimately stressful to just take a day off. So teachers usually get three personal necessity days which we can take off for whatever, and these don't need to be run by principals or get approved by anybody. We can just say we're gonna take a day off. We also get seven sick days, which do need to be approved. Taking off multiple sick days in a row though, would end up with teachers needing a doctor's note, but that should be the same as any other job. If we take more days off than we're allotted, then our paycheck gets docked to pay subs. But altogether, I've taken very few days off, and I've just let the sick days roll over year after year. Anyways, all of that is to say that summer is the time to take care of things that fall to the wayside during the year. I usually go to the dentist during summer, get my checkup, eat healthier, and sort of get back on better habits and other things that are just good for my physical health. I just went to the dentist this week for my checkup and cleaning. 
and next time will be during winter vacation. Lots of teachers that I know will pick up summer reading, catch up on shows, do some home renovation, fix something or other that's in the process of breaking down but was put off like a cracked windshield on our cars. When we're in the middle of the school year, the classroom often becomes the focal point of our lives and the gardens and lawns become overgrown, garages become cluttered, pets get lonely. But while we're doing fairly mundane errands, we also try to grow as teachers and explore. Although we're teachers, we're still learners in many ways. This is sort of a mantra that we keep. For me, of course, I've started the institution. We go to professional development courses, plan units for the year, um, review and refine the lessons that we taught during the previous school year, organize our classrooms, so on and so forth. One of the best and worst things about teaching is that we can do so much to get better at it. Um, teaching hasn't gotten monotonous and it's fun to plan and lead all the things that I've done with my classes. But it's not easy to look at myself and all the things that I can improve on as a teacher. There's a large list of things to do on my to-do list this summer when it comes to planning for next year. I want to start my class off differently to set, real, to set up routines and expectations better. So I need to plan activities for that. For example, uh, way too many kids kept trying to go to the bathroom during class because they didn't take any time for it during lunch and recess. And I didn't really train them to do that. Um, too many markers, paper, and other supplies were wasted because they weren't organized and I didn't really support them in getting better at that. I might just have them bring individual pencil cases next year and give them their own supplies to take care of because I had them share supplies at their tables and it didn't work out. A lot of them just tossed stuff in there like uncapped markers because their default behavior was to be neglectful or maybe they thought they'd leave the work to somebody else. Maybe it seems silly to you, but keeping tabs on all these little, little things is what teachers have to do day in, day out, especially for the younger kids. It ends up adding up to positive routines, behavior, and discipline. So I'm personally trying to work on that with my students next year. There's still so much else like how I didn't like the way that I ran my reading groups because I didn't end up meeting with them frequently enough. But other than myself, often teachers will meet with their grade level partner over summer on like a bi-weekly, weekly basis. The other teachers that teach third grade is a grade level partner. Or they might just meet with their colleagues in their department if they're middle or high school teachers. Uh, throughout the summer to plan out their next year like me and review curriculum. I know some teachers are attending workshops for the new curriculum that they're teaching, which is to say they're going to practice and learn about using the textbooks that they have. One curriculum, for example, that's being widely used in California is the Writer and Reader Workshops by Lucy Calkins. I might be wrong, but if I remember correctly, Lucy Calkins herself is going to be running the workshops in New York this year. She's a pretty big deal in education and lots of teachers enjoy and learn a lot from her workshops. There are also math workshops like the Silicon Valley Math Initiative, also known as SVMI, which is really big in the Bay Area of California. Common Core State Standards, a topic that I'll save for another time, are still a struggle for some school districts to adapt to. And it takes a while for teachers to learn new curriculum. So some teachers are investing their time in the workshops um, outside of school. The learning curve is even harder for the older teachers, like ones that have taught for 10 plus years and got used to teaching from stuff like the textbooks with, with short stories that you and I might have read of 
when we were kids. Remember like those bulky Houghton Mifflin textbooks where you'd read a story maybe about a kid getting lost in the woods and then there'd be questions at the end like how did Jack get lost or write a summary of the story. Yeah, most districts that I know of have put those into recycling and I haven't seen any teachers rely on those since I was in school, but I've been able to look through some of them as a teacher and the transition from using those to readers workshops is definitely rough. Even if teachers actually like the readers workshop curriculum and believe in it strongly, it's still a big learning curve. Plenty of older teachers actually never liked the big textbooks, at least the, the teachers that I've talked to, and they came up with their own curriculum, but the district might be imposing something new on them, trying to micromanage what goes on in the classroom more. It's tough. Some districts are changing curriculum constantly as they look for more updated, re relevant resources. Because one thing that happened when Common Core rolled out was that companies would just slap the Common Core sticker like, oh, this textbook is Common Core aligned, and then they'd resell the same textbook, much in the same way that like colleges come up or yeah, colleges come up with new editions of some sort of textbook, but really not much has changed. So even though the idea is to figure out what will work out best for our kids, the teacher workload workload just grows more and more since continuity from year to year is broken. We have to keep learning new things um, so that we can teach. We can't really build up expertise with one curriculum and refine how we teach it since it gets switched out. But when something is settled on or the district has announced what new curriculum that they're going to pilot will be next year, then we can work on it during the summer. And then we can really um, grow stronger as teachers and work better with our students. If the district is flexible or just doesn't visit the classrooms often, teachers will pick and pull from components from a variety of resources, curriculums, textbooks to go along with the district's main curriculum. Unfortunately, though, there really are districts that will force teachers to fall in line with what they've bought, like whatever they've chosen to be the guiding curriculum of the district. And it's really for better or for worse because there's unity, but uniformity doesn't always mean that it's good. Um, something to look out for in the coming years will be something called Next Generation Science Standards. It's like the Common Core standards, but for science. And students have been already taking pilot te tests to get ready for it for the full rollout. Um, only in fifth, eighth, and one year of high school, students need to take this test and it hasn't been getting graded basically um, like parents won't get mail home saying how your student did on the next generation science standard test but soon the test will actually start getting graded with results that actually do affect the school soon at least this is the case with california but when this does start happening when the full rollout comes schools are going to want to have formal curriculum for the science standards. Um, test scores for elementary school at least don't uh, directly affect students and any sort of grades, but a school with low scores will face a lot of issues with state government. In addition to working with school curriculum and planning for the next school year, lots of teachers will actually take summer classes on educations or workshops that aren't on curriculum. Summer college courses could be for the sake of moving up on pay scale or maybe building up to an administrative credential. As for pay scale, teacher, 
teacher's salary schedules are fairly public knowledge if anyone is interested in looking at them. So a simple Google search of your, your district name or whatever district you're interested in plus teacher's salary schedule. So for example, San Francisco Unified School District teacher's salary schedule will get you straight to what you want most of the time. Salary schedules will increase as you go vertically down the chart, which is how many years of teaching experience that person has. And then it'll increase from left to right based on how many postgraduate, uh, post-bachelor degree credits that the person has. Normal cutoffs for credits are in increments of 15 starting at 30. So 30, 45, 60. So once you build up enough post-bachelor degree credits, um, and you get up to 30 credits, for example, then you get like a jump in pay. And for some districts, this can be really significant. So next, teacher experience careers, um, they don't completely transfer from district to district for the more seasoned teachers. For example, if a teacher has taught for 10 years, uh, let's say San Francisco again, but then they move to Sacramento, a district there might only put you on the fifth step down on the salary schedule as if you've only taught for five years. So this basically is a mechanism to lock teachers into a district, which can be problematic. But anyways, the college units will transfer. So summer classes are usually a good investment for teachers that want to make more money. For teachers that want to move into administrative roles like principalship or teacher coaching or um, curriculum development. Programs for an administrative credential usually have summer classes as well as classes during the regular school year. Finally, there are plenty of teachers that are doing education-related work workshops on topics like educational equity, which include the principle of providing opportunities and support to the underprivileged. It's pretty important for teachers in diverse communities to learn about culture culturally relevant teaching, universal design for learning, and all these other ideas so that they can be effective and accessible for their students. And there are workshops for all of this sometimes paid for through their district to attend. It might also be on some teachers' summer readings, and it could be on yours if you're interested. I would recommend Pedagogy of the Oppressed by Paolo Freire. That's, or maybe Freire, I don't know if the ray at the end is silent or not. Anyway, that's spelled F-R-I-E-R-E. Other People's Children by Lisa Del Pitt, that's D-E-L-P-I-T, and The Dream Keepers by Gloria Ladson Billings. Um, those are all books that can be very educational for teachers to help them understand pedagogy a bit more, to build up their understanding of equity, or even for parents and guardians to get a better sense of the education system and maybe things that are wrong with it, as well as how to make it a bit better. Anyway, I know I may, have, I may have made it sound like teachers are just super busy and at work all summer, but we're also just sitting at home some days, binge watching Game of Thrones to the end because we didn't have time to watch it during the school year. Teachers may have had a flight on the night of their last day of school to Maui, and right now they might be drinking on the beach. We're people too with lives, stress, success, and failure. If you see your student teacher out there when you're shopping, walking around the street, it's almost certainly more awkward for us than you or your kid because we kind of need to keep the facade of being really straight-laced, clean, and everything else that a teacher is supposed to be. 
getting caught at a grocery store with a bottle of wine or a case of beer is like a nightmare that we joke about in the teacher's lounge. But honestly, I'm always looking out of the corner of my eyes when I'm at the store. I passed by some high school students at the mall recently that were saying that they saw a teacher and were surprised how she looked outside of school and how awkward it was. But I would bet the farm that it was more awkward for the teachers. If you do see an old teacher, do everyone a favor and go the other way, because that's probably what the teacher would do if they see you first. No, I'm just kidding. Seeing students and teachers outside of school is part of our job description, so feel free to say hi. It would make our day to see you out of school settings for once, where we don't have to worry about work, grades, and all the other stress of the school year. And yeah, that even includes those of you whose kids may have been that kid for your teacher this year. The one who always got phone calls home. We love each and every single one of them. Whether we cross paths or not this summer, we're all in this together for the children, and we're always learning. This is The Institution, and if you want to reach out, you can email theinstitutionpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, at institutionpod. New sections will come out as quickly as I can put them out this summer, and I'm planning on finding out a regular schedule during the school year for listening to on weekday mornings for the drive to school or the drive home. Thanks for listening. Thank you.